Hello, it's us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. What if we did a whole podcast and we said minimal words? Just mm-hmm. Totally. Mm. Aaron, vacation recently? Question mark. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good <laughs> yeah yes do you see any spirits or maybe any cockroaches no only the alcoholic kind oh <laughs> she took a pretty sinister tour don't let her this is the sunrise via sinister this is sinister sunrise that did not work the way i thought aaron you had a sinister tour yeah i um went to the um st louis uh cemetery number one. Oh, so i've been there yeah, yeah. Yeah, you saw Madam... What the fuck? Well, Lori? Mm-hmm. Wow, my v- brain went crazy. Saw her tomb. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And Nicolas Cage's. His pyramid, it was so cool. Jesus <laughs> I was Christ. really excited about that. He's so crazy. I was ready for that trivia when the question came up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my person was so, like, dry and boring. Granted, I don't... Yeah. I don't think my person was the best either, but it was just cool walking around and seeing all of it. But I mean, they're like shuttling people out like every 15 minutes. So Oh, damn. Yeah. We went there. was like no one there. Oh, yeah. But it's like middle of the day and literally seven bajillion degrees. Well, you went a couple months ago. I went a year ago. Or a year ago. Yeah. I think they like just opened it back up around then because they had it closed. Oh. Yeah. People were like vandalizing it and then COVID oh and stuff. Come so. on, guys. I know. <sighs> Must you though? No. We don't need to do that. No. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but Aaron went to New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. I did. It was me and my brother and Bailey, and we were out at this bar called the Apothecary. I don't know if you went to that one. It would be like totally your vibe. Apoca- no. Apothecary. Apocapuca. But did you go to the, I <laughs> can't remember what it's called, like the vampire one? The vampire cafe? Yeah. So it's like a sister bar to it. So they also have like the blood bags at Apothecary and whatnot. So this guy came up and was talking to us and he does like tarot there and tea readings and all that stuff. So I was kind of interested in doing it, but then he literally like hands us a card because he asked us if we liked the vampire vibe. And I was like, oh yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's Mm -hmm. a really cool vibe. So he hands us a card and he's like, take this to such and such bar. I can't remember off the top of my head now. And he said, go through the doors. When you see the vampire, say the vampire sent you. So we found a little speakeasy and he takes you up. Isn't it the best? Did That's you go so the- oh, yeah, cool. You message Did you go on the balcony there? Yes. It's really cool. It is super cool. Okay. Right. I saw a man in a Borat swimsuit from up above. It <laughs> was interesting. And yeah. Good views, though. Really good views otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but like- you have to like the vampire sent you. And they yeah. send you. Then you go up to the upstairs. Uh-huh. It looked way busier when you were there. It was from the photos I saw. Yeah, it was pretty. Busy. There was like we no got there. one there when we were there. That's crazy. We got there really early, right when it opened up. So they oh. were supposed to have someone come in later for like tarot card readings and that gotcha. stuff. So I know. I was like, I think we jumped the gun a little bit, and then we were like, uh, we want to walk around again. So yeah, we didn't do that this time, but. Probably next time. How I wanted cool. to do one of like the tea leaf readings because the guy that was at the apothecary says he mixes it with tarot too. Because I was like, oh. okay, tell like explain to me what you do. Like, am I literally just drinking tea? You look at it and then you just tell me like two things and that's it. And then I we love it, blunt like, Aaron. Twenty five dollars. We love blunt Aaron. And he was like, no, like he looks at that, but then he does like tarot with it too to just get a better reading from what he's feeling. And he was, he was younger. So he was like 21 or 22-ish. Oh, but I was like, I like his vibe. Like I like how he was You honest. got a vibe, dude. You got a vibe with the person. Yeah. I'm making this face. I wonder if he was just going to do the tea leaves and he's like, no, like t- totally something to- else totally is involved. Not. Like it's <laughs> like out of this world actually. But Maybe. I'm glad his vibe was good. That's good. Yeah. And they also, at Apothecary, and they probably maybe maybe have the same thing at the Vampire Cafe, but you can get, I mean, it's basically like grills, but like vampire fangs. I don't know how, and if they had, I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, they have this whole little cute booklet, and it says something about fangs, and I thought they were like fake ones. I was like, haha, isn't that funny? And then I was like, wait, where's the decimal point? Because it's like 200, and the most expensive is like $1,200. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
So like teeth gems, they... but like fangs on yeah. you. Whoa. They must have like a scary room in the back where they do those. I don't know. <laughs> you just hear a drill. <laughs> oh my God. No. Ah! But I feel you got you on the vibing thing. Like when I, the night we went out, I was like, I have to get my tarot read by someone in the street. It just has to happen. And there's like. Did you do it? Uh, yeah. Okay. There's people set up with boxes and, t- and oh, yeah. stools and all kinds of stuff. This one guy had like four cats. It was crazy. Uh, but I found this one guy who had the coolest. <laughs> this one guy had the coolest fucking hat I've ever seen. And it had like feathers sticking out of it. And I was like, that's my dude. And it was great. And also, the, the only thing I didn't like, now I respect it, but in the moment I didn't. Their big thing there is like, you pay me for what you think you owe me. Oh, okay. That does make me, that triggers my anxiety, to be honest. Triggered my yeah. anxiety through the motherfucking roof. So I handed him like 50 bucks. I don't know. I was like, here, here you go. I, I mean, he's, I mean, we, he did like, like a 12 card spread and then other oh, wow. stuff too. Like it was really, it was a lot. Yeah. Was a lot. I think most of the places I like looked at when I was there, um, it can be pretty expensive. It can be like 70-ish dollars yeah. if you go to like an actual place. So, Ugh. I'm trying to see if Not I cheap. find the picture of him. Oh, where'd he go? I know. Listeners, if you've never been to New Orleans, you really need to go. It's, All walks of life. Yes. It's wonderful. This is my guy. It's, oh, that oh. is a cool hat. I was drawn in. Yeah. yeah. I, I would I have hear stopped you. by him if I would have seen him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and one of... Uh, the people we were with, she just like sat with me while it happened. He was very cool. He was very chill. Mm-hmm. I also have a story for you guys, but it cannot be on the podcast. So I will oh tell you later. Oh my God. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. Are we, are we starting a Patreon where Aaron tells the story and gets no, to hear it? Ah! Uh, okay. it's, not, it's not my story to tell. It's not really about me. Um, so I think no. we're going to pause and hear the story. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> yeah, that was not podcast appropriate. No. <laughs> All right. So we're back for our mysterious break to yeah. talk about something equally mysterious that you would think could be solved but here we are talking about it not solved um so today we are going to be discussing if a string of deaths mm, now actually instead we're going to talk about a string of deaths that could be accidental drownings a serial killer or perhaps a nationwide conspiracy of murders Mm. that's correct today we're talking about the smiley face killer theory (sighs) sorry important caveat theory yeah and killer killers is both correct in my opinion correct could be part of that theory maybe okay you tell us (laughs) listeners what you think Mm -hmm. um before we get ahead of ourselves let's take a look at how this theory started so flip back your calendars to 1997 Spice Girls' song Wannabe was on the top 10 for Billboard music that year. Since we're back, I'm going to get classic. Anyone care to guess what was number one? Wait, what was? 1997. And who was, what was number, what was that number? Uh, Spice Girls' Wannabe was top 10. Oh. Oh, in the top 10. Yes. We're talking U.S. only? U.S. only. Number one. Oops, I did it again, Britney Spears. Okay. It's not. It's not. I know what it is, I think. No, that's way too young. I don't know. What do you think it is? Mm, I don't know either. I Nope, I don't know. My second guess is this is way off. Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. It's uh, closer. It was actually Candle in the Wind by Elton John, his 97 version. Candle in the Wind. Oh, man. All right. So, all right. We're bopping to our favorite tunes, and I want you to turn your attention to a New York City Police Department detective, Kevin Gannon. Yeah, man, we love Kevin. Kev, baby. He is a tall, lean man with a beautiful head of dark brown hair and a clean-shaven face. Not eligible. I think he's married. Yeah. Um, It's also 1997, so too late. Yeah. Um, Too late. No. Love's never late. It's always on time. His hair is very spiky. He's got a a thick head of hair. Yeah. Um, Gannon is working in the missing persons unit, and he gets assigned the Patrick McNeil case. Patrick is a 20-year-old white college student at a local university, and by all accounts, he's doing real good. Real good. He is handsome, athletic, and a purported ladies' man. Oh. A few days after Valentine's Day in 1997, Patrick went out drinking with his friends at a local haunt for college students without IDs called the Dapper Dog. 
I think every college town has one of those. And just like any underage person at a bar, Patrick was testing his limits. Around midnight, he vommed in the men's bathroom at the Dapper Dog and told his friends he would be taking the subway home. Okay. However, that is not how his night went. Eyewitness testimony tells that Patrick stumbled outside of the bar up 2nd Avenue. As Patrick is pulling, oh, as he is putting all of his focus onto walking in a somewhat straight line, a dark van that had been double parked in front of the bar pulls up alongside of Patrick and Patrick gets in the van. Oh, no. Come on, Pat. He is missing for two months. Whoa. Finally, in April of 1997, Patrick's body is found in the East River and the examiner finds the death to be an accidental drowning. Upon hearing the details, something just didn't sit right with with Detective Gannon. He does one of those like made-for-TV moments where he goes to the McNeil family and tells them, quote, findings findings aside, I will never stop searching for the truth about your son's death. Which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, go Kev. I mean, terrible situation, but it's good to know a cop's on your side. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that really makes any sense. Um, Gannon spends his life... Nope, nope. Gannon's career progressed and he stuck to his word. Years later, upon retirement, he enlists his old partner, Anthony Duarte, and a criminal justice professor, Dr. Lee Gilbertson. Gannon convinces them that they should do this full time. They should pursue and correct the official narrative of the Patrick McNeil case. He does it. Gannon spends his savings. He even mortgages his house to back the project. Whoa. It's one of those scenarios, though, where the more he researches, the more commonalities that he finds between McNeil and other similar deaths across the Midwest. Deaths that have now been officially connected to the smiley face killer theory. So the three of them, Gannon, Duarte, and Gilbertson, don't believe that they are looking at a string of drownings. Instead, they and countless others think that there is a group of organized individuals throughout the United States that target young men. This group will stalk, abduct, hold the victims for a period of time before ultimately killing them and leaving them in bodies of water. Just going to give that a second because that's pretty heavy. Yeah, just. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, in total, this theory has linked 45 deaths across the Midwest. Many of the deaths had the following items in common. They were fatal drownings that occurred between 1990 and 2010. So if we're looking at realistic, a 20-year span could be feasible. Um, if it was one person, if they started in their 20s or 30s, they would have a good 20 years to continue their crimes. Yeah. It was a group of people, that number grows exponentially, but still 20 years is not a bad spree. Yeah. Oh, that sounds gross. It's not a bad theory of someone having a spree. It's 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 probable. It's probable. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I hear that you. That dog is pissed, dog bro. <laughs> the dog's like, <laughs> yes. We have so a chihuahua that lives it. next door. Bro, that was not a chihuahua. <laughs> That was not a chihuahua. Oh, she's got a lab type of dog, too? That sounded more yeah, lab Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big dog, Sarah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> the chi- they Did both you imagine a chihuahua barking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Take some testosterone or something. Yeah. They upset about these crimes. They are. Just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, these, all the, um, the deaths that are linked have a similar victim type. College-aged, usually white men. Um, who were at, who were athletic and popular. The victims were last seen leaving a bar or party after drinking with some friends. Most sinister of all, 13 of them have smiley faces or the word sin sinua graffitied somewhere nearby. Some people are pretty skeptical, as you can imagine. Um, the biggest argument being that it's not as uncommon as you would like to think for someone to drown accidentally, especially if you are by a body of water and alcohol or drugs is involved. Each year, 3,536 people die in unintentional drownings. 
And of that number, about 60% of the... No. Of that number, about 60% put the case as using drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're if you're drinking near water, the odds aren't in your favor. Yeah. Um, for any truly dark listeners, you may be hung up on the word unintentional. Because how would you determine if a drowning is on purpose? <clears throat> mm-hmm. You got me, sis. The body reacts in the exact same way. It's not like strangulation marks and a lot of evidence that they're just not a lot of evidence. It's going to be washed away. Um, so just want to do a bit of point counterpoint. It could be accidental drowning, but also how do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are also arguments that the smiley faces aren't the same, but again, that could lead towards, well, it could lead towards the cases not being connected or that it's a string of different murders and they all have their own take. Sarah, for someone who may not know anything about this, what do you mean when you refer to smiley face being different? Um, Different types of graffitied smiley faces. So sometimes the eyes might be like actual circles. Sometimes might be lines. The shape of the actual smile can vary. There can be um, a circle around the face or it could just be the line, line, uh, half circle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Could have devil horns on it. Um, And I think the biggest one too is like they're all different colors. Like mm -hmm. it's not like they're all the same color. Right. um, From what I've read. So... I'm so sorry if I missed it, but did we say that that's what's found near the bodies? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hear that, and I was like, <laughs> have we said that? Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I blacked out. You're good. I did forget what it was like to read with this in front of me. Um, so yes, it could be color. It could be different shape, size. There's a lot of variety in these smiley faces. Yep. But they're prevalent enough to make it creepy. So, yeah. eh, again, point, counterpoint, I don't know. Either way, they say the happiest people are the most oppressed. Just like this topic. Um, so, Aaron, I will now hand it over to you to share your smiley face theory case so we can compare and see if these are really perpetrated by a group or just a series of sad accidents near spray-painted happy faces. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mine, mine's interesting. I think we'll have a lot of discussion, too, because okay. I wasn't sure what I was getting into whenever I chose this case. Um, okay. So I'll be covering the mysterious death of Lucas Homan. So this happened on Friday, September 29th, 2006, um, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. 21-year-old Lucas Homan is one of 100,000 people in downtown La Crosse, Wisconsin, celebrating Oktoberfest. Meg Jones, reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, described the festivities as calm with only about 20 arrests the entire day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Oktoberfest stats, fair enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, okay. (laughs) Just painting a picture. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty calm. Only 20. Very chill. Lucas, who went by Luke, is out with friends from his high school, Brookfield Central, who are in town for the festival. Celebrations go on for hours, but as midnight approaches, many members of the group head home. Luke and another friend of his decide to stay out and keep the party going. At some point, Luke just takes off and heads to a bar called The Vibe, where the Washington Post reports serves patrons $5 all-you-can-drink specials and $1 shots. Yeah, that's my kind of bar. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. It is at this establishment where Luke is presumably last seen around 2.15 a.m. Later that same morning, Luke's friends become worried when he fails to show up for their scheduled golf game. They at first think, you know, he's sick or he's terribly hungover. Mm -hmm. They try calling him, but he doesn't pick up. And a friend later finds his phone under his bed. So it's assumed that Luke, like, misplaced his phone before he went downtown and he just, you know, went out without it. You said. Oh, it was under, wait, it was under Luke's bed or his friend's bed? Under Luke's bed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a college kid, ready to go drink, and he's like, oh, well. <laughs> so they don't know for sure at this point if he had his phone with him when he went out. In what year is it? One more time. 2006. Mm. I don't know. That's late enough. You probably had your phone all the time. Mm. Maybe not quite. Mm. I didn't get a cell phone until I was 
until I was in sixth grade, and I was in sixth grade in 2006. So, and it was a razor. I couldn't text. Nice. Maybe. I, I, mean, the I mean, I could, but. Also, curious. iPhones didn't really come out to what, like 08, 10? Like, they weren't like affordable. No. Anyway, okay, so it's you possible you left it. This kid did not have a fucking iPhone, I'm okay. sure. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so possibly he misplaced it. Um, this it, It's the only thing I've ever found out about the phone. Okay. Yeah, hmm. so if they looked into it more, nothing came of it. But definitely an interesting find. With still no word from Luke, his friends contact police and report him missing. Um, so just a bit about Luke. Luke's parents, Patty and Jerry Homan, tell reporters their son's first love was basketball. At six foot three, Luke dominated the oh, Brookfield shit. Central High School court and earned a name for himself. Bet yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was extremely committed to the sport and always put in 100% during practice and games. His efforts didn't go unnoticed. He was awarded first team all area and honorable mention all state his senior year. One of his coaches spoke of Luke's prospects, quote, He'll go down as one of the greatest players that has ever come through Brookfield Central, end quote. Damn. Yeah, very high praise. Okay. And he wasn't wrong. Luke continued playing basketball at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, where they advanced to the NCAA Sweet 16. However, that was a Division I school, mm-hmm. and Luke didn't receive as much playing time as he would have liked. He transferred to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, a Division III school, where he played in all 28 games and helped them secure 20 wins, which the team hadn't accomplished in over two decades. Go, Luke, go! Yeah. Also, how confusing. Wisconsin Lacrosse, but you play basketball? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, thank you. I assumed he just switched uh, sports. Nope. Wow. Nope. Thank Still you, basketball. Morgan. Thank Lacrosse. you. Good joke <laughs> and good point. Time. like thank it. Thank you. <laughs> I am with it a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, he's tall and athletic. I can see him just switching up. Cool. I mean, she. No, this makes more sense. Thank you. Yeah. Luke was pursuing a degree in finance with plans to graduate in May and had been considering going to graduate school. His high school basketball coach told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that he pictured Luke getting into coaching since he loves sports and is great with kids. Luke had coached youth soccer for a stretch and had even like paid one child's fees who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford it. I'm going to cry. That's so sweet. (laughs) Word of Luke's disappearance quickly spreads throughout the community. About a hundred volunteers joined the search for the college student downtown on foot while officers are on horseback. Other authorities scoured the Mississippi River in boats and personal vessels. Luke's Former basketball and football coaches from Brookfield Central who got word of his disappearance even make a trip to lacrosse on Sunday afternoon to join the search efforts. And then search dogs are also utilized later that evening. Three days after Luke went missing, his body is discovered about a half mile from the Vibe and about 30 feet offshore at the bottom of the Mississippi River. Whoa. The area Luke was found in was close to where another drowning victim had been discovered. In spring 2004, 21-year-old Jared Dion, a college wrestler, was believed to have fallen off a levee that also acted as a walkway for pedestrians. And this walkway doesn't have a railing. So they think Dion got too close to the edge, and after losing his footing, he fell 10 feet into the river to his death. That seems dangerous as hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Investigators rule Luke's death as an accident. Mm Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. His autopsy report determined, quote, acute alcohol intoxication was a major contributing factor, end quote, to the cold water drowning. His blood alcohol level was found to be 0.32%, which is four times the legal limit in Wisconsin. And kind of impressive. 0.32? 0.32 is what reports say. Wow. Holy fuck. Yeah. So he's one-third booze? Well, okay, that's the other thing, too, is, like, that. I mean, he's a big guy, but, like, that's a lot for anyone. Whoa. Yeah. Can you actually drink that much, though? Okay, I recently watched a BuzzFeed, one of those, The Cut, something, one of those videos where they, like, have people guess, like, who's the doctor, who makes the most money, like, all these, like, something, the lineup is what it's called, and one of them was 
they had to guess how drunk they had bartenders and bouncers guess how drunk people were just by like asking them questions and stuff and then they had to do a breathalyzer and the most that someone was on there was 0.16 that's so 0.32 that's what i'm saying that seems like a lot for you to drink yourself that's poison that's poison yeah that's good. Mm. and knowing he had golf the next day like that's a lot that's a lot yeah Ooh. Even for a college student. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know what. Aichiwawa. The most someone's drank and then how they're had their blood alcohol content tested. Also depends on how long he had been drinking. There's a lot of factors, but that's a very high number. Yes. A toxicology report indicated there were no um, drugs in Luke's system when he died. So okay. nothing else in the system. What's interesting is that Luke had noticeable wounds on his hands, arms, and head. Police, however, believe Luke received these injuries post-death, likely while his body was traveling along the river. And I see you shaking your head, Sarah. Sorry, that's the other part of accidental drowning that really sucks whenever you're, like, if a death gets that ruling, because Mm -hmm. you could have slipped and fell on rocks, and then you drowned. You could have been tossed around the water. Like, once it is ruled a drowning, it is so difficult to get any eyes on it being anything else besides an accidental drowning yeah. for yep. purposes just like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it happened at the bottom. Like, or maybe it happened before. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yep. The Homans don't believe their son's death was accidental. Patty and Jerry recall warning their son not to go near the Mississippi River, where seven men had previously accidentally drowned since 1997. Mm-hmm. Patty doesn't even know why Luke would have been near the river since he hated the water. Oh. She told Oxygen, quote, he would leave to go back to college and I'd yell to him, don't go near the water. He'd laugh and he'd say, mom, I never even been to the water. Everything we do is away from the water. I have no reason to go to the water, end quote. That's giving me goosebumps up my neck. Yeah. Yep. Sam Donaldson, a friend of Luke's who was out with him on the night he went missing, also doesn't believe Luke would have willingly walked to the river. Just the past weekend, the, just the topic of the drownings were brought up while Luke was hanging out with his friends, and he commented, quote, you pretty much have to be a, this kind of sounds bad, you pretty much have to be a dummy to drown in the river, end quote. Um, he elaborated, stating how the river was about a half mile away from the bars. If you're heading towards the river, then you're heading in the wrong direction. You're going away from, you know, the, the bars fun. and the party and the fun. I do love his logic, um, but it's a little problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a smidge. Yeah. But I see what he's getting at. Mm-hmm. Determining there was no evidence to suggest foul play, Luke's case was promptly closed. However, Ali Vander Hayden, reporter for Oxygen in 2019, reported, excuse me, for Oxygen in 2019, that an investigative group is working to change Luke's cause of death from accident to homicide. Former New York Police Department detective Kevin Gannon, Kevin KG, and Dr. Gilbertson were able to review Luke's autopsy report and pictures along with underwater forensic expert Bobby Chaikin. Chaikin, a former FBI dive team member, believes Luke had sustained his injuries, possibly from a fight, before his body ended up in the Mississippi River. Chaikin did mention that travel abrasions, so whenever Luke's body like rubbed or scraped against something in the river, could result in similar cuts and gashes, but he said Luke's markings were like too red instead of the white color he would typically see on a body that had been wounded post-mortem. Oh, okay. I thought that was interesting. Like a fresh cut. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forensic tool mark analyst William Moore and forensic footwear specialist Marty Lutis were also allowed to re-examine the autopsy report photos. They agreed with Chaikin's theory and suggested Luke's injuries on his forehead were inflicted by an attacker immobilizing him with the sole of his boot. So give me just a second. I think I saved these pictures. It's pretty cool. Let me see. Or maybe I will find them. You said this person was a forensic shoe investigator? Those were the titles I found, so I added them in. <laughs> Girl, could you fucking imagine? I would love that on my resume. Like, bitch, those shoes do not match. I'm a forensic investigator, and I see mm, hard paths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were hit with the Jimmy Choo. <laughs> so let me see. I'm going to try to find one where... Because it kind of shows... Ooh, 
I might just have to show you what it looks like. But there's like just a picture of how his forehead looks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Without anything. Got it. And then one of the guys, one of the experts kind of traces where it looks like a boot print might be. And then he puts like an image of like an actual like boot over it. So let me kind of show you. Interesting. Okay. So this is one where he kind of draws out what like the sole or the part of it would look like. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you can kind of see that like his forehead does look like it's a little bit bruised or there's something. There's something. And then this is just another one where like a boot would like line up with where his drawing kind of went. I take back my joke. That's a real, that's a real ass job. Wow. I thought that was really interesting. Those are gonna. Those are very interesting pictures that we can include on on our socials. Yes, sure. yes. I will make sure to say those. But yes, so I looked into that um, again. Just going along with their theory that his wounds weren't inflicted in the river; they were inflicted beforehand by someone else. Mm-hmm. And then there is. So I wasn't able to show you a good picture. Dude, is that just the wind? It's it was kind of windy today. I did look like it was gonna storm. I forgot to say that when I came in. Did it blow? (laughs) Wes, take this. Wes, take this out, please. (laughs) Take this, Wes. (laughs) Take this. Hiya. Take a swift boot kick to the head. (laughs) Sorry, that was not funny. I'm so sorry. Please, Wes, make sure you take all that out. I said something not funny. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing I said. It was really bad. Holy shit, I'm in going to hell. Okay. I'm so nosy. Take all this out, Wes. God fuck damn it. Alright. Anyway. So I know my pictures that I showed you weren't the best, and maybe I can find different ones just to show you, like, the before. They were still interesting. Well, yes. I mean, it's a theory. It's a theory regardless. Because it does look like either it's a little bit bruised or there's at least some scratches. And they kind of think that the scratches on his forehead could have been made by a rock that had gotten stuck on, like, the bottom of this person's boot. Okay. Oh. Jacob was also surprised to find that some parts of Luke's body didn't show any signs of decomposition. Quote, if you're going on the assumption, as the medical examiner apparently did, that the body was in the water 50 plus hours, the traditional things that I used to see on bodies that were in the water that long, I don't see it on this body. End quote. Mm. Um, as far as I know, he doesn't like go into further detail about what he would see versus what he did see with Luke. Um, He thinks, though, that Luke's body was in the water far less than what police believe, based on the photographs and the fact that Luke's body wasn't covered also in as much dirt or debris as he expected. He estimates Luke was in the water for a minimum of three hours and up to 12 hours at the most. Which would fit in with the smiley face murder theory. Mm -hmm. And remember that time frame for for my person. Okay. 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 Good to know. Okay. Uh, So, kind of like what you said, Sarah, Mm -hmm. if Luke's body hadn't been in the river since he had been last seen, then where had he been? Right. Um, So, you had already mentioned this before, I don't need to say it again, um, but these men are staunch believers in the smiley face killer's theory. They believe Luke, along with other young men, um, were attacked by a group of serial killers, held captive, and then discarded in the river. Um, And... Um, a few hundred yards away from where Luke's body had been dragged to shore was an orange graffiti smiley face. I do believe it was on a rock. I can't really 100% confirm that because like, none of the articles really say it, no. actually, which I also find very interesting. It's not like, and there was a smiley face mm-hmm. graffiti right next to him. Um, they don't, but... Well, when they were sure this initially happened, that wasn't even a fucking theory in their mind, so why would they look out for that, you know? True. Potentially, Yeah. Um, could Luke have been attacked and murdered by a group of serial killers? So maybe, maybe. Um, however, his case is interesting, and this is something we can talk about too, because 
the only bad thing about this theory is that if you're so focused on this theory, you're not focused on anything else, any other, you know, potential suspects or whatnot. Fair. So there are a few interesting details that make me think if Luke was a victim of homicide, the assailant may be someone else entirely, maybe even someone who was with Luke the night he went missing. Ooh. Damn, Erin. Okay. She. In uh, June 2007, 18-year-old Austin Scott was charged with obstruction. Scott, a freshman at UWL, was out with Luke on the night of his disappearance. During questioning, Scott originally told officers he saw Luke leave the vibe around 12.30 in the morning. At the bar, Luke had gotten into an argument with a man who, later that evening, punched Scott, cutting him in the process. The man then fled the bar. Luke's friends and other college students who resided in UWL's Sanford Hall, where Scott lived, told officers a different story. Scott had actually told them it was three men, not one, that had assaulted him and that he had been hit with a beer bottle. When police questioned him about his altered account, Scott said he was nervous when he was initially questioned by police. Scott now, changing his story, said that he watched three men bicker with Luke at the Vibe. When Luke left the bar, the three men followed him out. Sometime later, the three men returned to the bar and then just decked Scott with that beer bottle. What the uh, fuck? Yeah. That's not a change in a story. That's a different... That's okay. also... Mm, I'm a call bullshit. Mm-hmm. And apparently after this altercation, Scott just left the bar and went home. Bullshit. Detectives still aren't buying it, though. Just like you guys aren't either. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. Try again. Uh, especially because they learned that the beer bottles sold in the bar that night were made of plastic, not glass. <laughs> so- Shut the fuck up. What an idiot. <laughs> Oh okay. God. Wait, plastic beer bottle? Yeah. They make those. Never in my life have I had one. Metal? Yeah, I was thinking metal. Hmm. Regardless, it's not going to crack over your head like a glass beer bottle. Yeah, regardless, yeah. you fucking lied. <laughs> or also maybe with it being Oktoberfest, like... Oh, they had special glass. Oh, uh, probably. Such such. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Or maybe it, maybe I'm saying plastic beer bottles, but it's really like plastic cups or some shit. Yeah. So, Regardless, glass. it wasn't what he's saying it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He a liar. Yeah. Scott later told officers that he may have just dreamed up his account of the three men. Scott, you're not looking too good, bud. <laughs> no. He's backtracking too much. Yeah. Kick rocks, motherfucker. What? <laughs> yes. Mm. So either he dreamed them up or Scott is lying. Or he also could have been just blackout drunk because the Lacrosse Tribune reported police bloodhounds had um, tracked Scott sent from the Vibe Bar through Riverside Park into the exact spot where Luke's body was later pulled to shore. Mmm. What? How about that? When questioned why dogs picked up his scent near the Mississippi River, Scott said the only thing he remembered was, quote, sitting at the Vibe. I would never leave him in the water, end quote. What? What? Scott, you're not making yourself look good. Why don't you just come out and say you did it, bud? Isn't that weird? I would never leave him in the water. I know. That's so weird to say. Did he get arrested for this or is he just off scot-free? Oh, (laughs) scot-free. That was on on purpose. I'm sorry. Sarah. (laughs) Uh, Scott had also received a ticket for underage drinking that same night, a couple hours before Luke was allegedly last seen. Around 10 p.m. on September 29th, the night manager at the Radisson Hotel spotted the noticeably inebriated freshman coming from the direction of the river with a bleeding cut above his eye. The manager got the attention of an officer who made Scott do a breathalyzer test, where his BAC of 0.26% led him uh, led to him being sent to a hospital. When Scott learns this information, he says it could be possible that he was with Luke near the river when he fell in, but he has no recollection of that happening. He also apparently has no memory of going to the Radisson Hotel or his visit to the hospital. If that's how your blood alcohol level was, then I would But yeah, your friends was double that. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, a third of that. Convenient. Yes. So I think, and I think it's interesting with like all the timelines. I feel like the timelines don't match up, but Scott's looking a little suspicious. He looks pretty sus, yeah. Yeah. 
Scott later told officers he actually fabricated his earlier accounts because he was considering Luke's friends and family's feelings. Quote, they don't know what happened to Luke. I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, I was there, so I'm, I'm supposed to know, but I don't, end quote. How, so you just admitted you were there? Yeah, I don't like this. What, he's, what the fuck? Yeah, but nothing ever came of that. Police to this day don't believe Scott was involved in Luke's death. What? Yeah. How? I don't know. Again, like you said, how hard it is once they roll in an accidental drowning. You're right. You right. got some negligence on there. I'm sorry. That's fucked up. I mean, but yeah, how are they going to prove it? I know. It's like you lose that physical evidence piece. It's kind of what we did before we took our break of um, they need a confession. And he's he's wishy-washy. Yeah. And he's yeah. obviously not telling the whole truth, but he's not yeah. saying what they need him to say. Mm-hmm. So they don't have enough. Yeah. Ugh. And even, even worse, so if he was sent to the hospital, which seems like he was, you, he's not very reliable Mm-mm. at all. He's lied more than three times now. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. Like, what? But that isn't going to put you in prison. No. Yeah. No. Because then if you go back and you're like, well, yeah, you were wasted the entire time. Like, you're just making all of this shit up. Mm-hmm. I hate him. Yeah. Scott, be better. Ugh. I don't know if any of you guys watched any of these episodes. Um, There's an Oxygen documentary series on the Smiley Face Killers uh, theory called Smiley Face Killers, The Hunt for Justice. Oh, yes, I sure did. You did? Okay. So I tried to find um, the episode that covers Luke's case, um, Mm -hmm. but literally everywhere didn't have it. Uh You don't have charter, do you, baby? No, no, I do not. I I got you covered, sis. Yeah, (laughs) I was not able to find it. I was like, maybe I can get it on YouTube, but they didn't have the episode. They had just random ones, and I was like, whatever, I give up. Also, they had two-minute clips of episodes, so you it was impossible to even put something together. I was watching the clips, (laughs) mostly just so I can hear... Kevin Gannon's voice. Yeah. Did uh-huh. I did watch, watch a couple of those. Like, yes. Quick little little clips. Um, but it didn't give me the whole episode, though. So I mm. did, thankfully, find um, a Reddit thread. Um, recognize. Recognize with two Cs. Oh. Two Cs. On Reddit made a post of notes they took after watching the episode. Okay. So I'm just very briefly going to touch on a few more facts that um, were apparently mentioned in the episode that I didn't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But I do find them... Interesting. Uh, forensic scientists who tested Luke's clothing commented on how clean and intact they were compared to other drowning victims. They did make note of Luke's broken like belt loops on his pants and wondered whether someone may have like grabbed him by the belt loops and used, I guess, enough force to snap them. Okay. Thought that was interesting. Again, maybe that could also have happened if he's banging into rocks and such. I'm not sure. Uh, now, this next piece of information, like, oh, I just find this so weird. The band that played at the Vibe on the 29th was interviewed by detectives. The crew told officers that a guy started, like, just peeing near their equipment while they were breaking everything down. This resulted in someone getting punched in the face. Maybe the guy they were describing was Luke? or at least maybe detectives thought this, because they decided to use a cadaver dog to search the band's SUV. The canine alerted officers to the right rear passenger area of the car, but in the end, they let the band leave with their SUV. They're never uh, heard from again. Uh, what? Well, because I don't think the dog evidence is admissible in court. I don't think so, but... Oh, that's pretty sus. Yeah. Also, like, was it Luke peeing or was it Scott? I maybe know. like they were there together and got you know like. But also, there's... he wasn't in the water long enough. So did someone abduct him? It would go along with that theory. Yeah. Cops, I'm gonna need you to give me some answers here. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so weird? I did not read that anywhere else. So thank you. Mm. Recognize. <laughs> yeah. Recognize. Because I could not watch that episode. I couldn't find it. Mm-mm. Uh, Patty Homan, with support from Gannon, has requested the La Crosse Police Department reopen her son's case and take another look at it. She doesn't believe law enforcement has done their due diligence and that instead of investigating all pertinent leads, uh, they just chalked it up to a drunk college kid's unfortunate drowning. As of today, the Homans are still waiting for a response. Yeah, I bet. 
Every year, a basketball showcase is held in Luke's honor, and also a golf tournament is held every summer, and all proceeds are donated to just very various charities um, throughout the area. And since the tournament's beginning, it has helped raise over $1 million. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Um, so just something nice that they've been doing in his honor that I just yeah. kind of wanted to end with on a little bit of a positive note, but... I don't know. Hopefully they, maybe they'll reopen his case or consider it a homicide at least. Um, That'd be nice. I just think there's, I don't know if I think it's, if I go with like the smiley face killer theory on this one, um, or if it was someone close to him that, you know. Regardless, there's justice. That's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is the story of the mysterious death of Luke Holman. Thanks. That ain't right. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I got more that ain't right. Great. Ooh. Love it. <laughs> as, I, as previously aforementioned, uh, I was able to watch the Oxygen True Crime, The Hunt for Justice documentary. Uh, and so you don't have to gloat about it. Us <laughs> poor people over here can't afford cable. Hey, I, I don't know. It's like a bundle of something. I don't know. Wes found it. I said, before I pay for this one episode on Amazon Prime, can you look and see? And he found it. And I was like, fuck it. So I'm going to be watching the entire series. If you want to come over, we can watch it. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all there. Um, from what I can tell, each episode is a different victim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I stuck... I don't know. Just... The way the documentary was done and the gentleman behind it, a.k.a. Kevin and his team, um, I was way more interested in, like, the details of the case rather than, like, them. So when mm-hmm. I'm, like, Kevin is the main guy. I re- reference him several times. I You guys did great and gave credit where credit was due, and I wish I would have done a better job at that. Um, but it is the same team that Sarah and Aaron have mentioned mm-hmm. that are looking into this. Um, and they just seem like a great group of past detectives slash officers. So... Okay. And the um, gentleman who's the criminology teacher. Okay. Yeah. Gilbertson. Yeah, he's still he's still involved. So. Nice. Um, again, so episode one of the series happens to be what is believed to be the most recent smiley face killer victim, Dakota James. The documentary opens letting us know that there are a handful of retired detectives slash police officers who are looking into these possible connections through victimology and, of course, the nearby spray-painted smiley faces. A common victimology they are looking into is similar age, gender, and manner of death. Dakota James was 23 and last seen alive on January 25th, 2017 in downtown Pittsburgh after a night out with friends. I would like to highlight that Dakota was missing for 40 days before he was found. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, it also, they do reference two other victims in his episode that were also gone, I think, for like multiple days and two weeks before they were found. So... Sarah, I can't remember the number you mentioned. It's in like the 40s or 50s that they think Mine was like two months. So it was like February 17th to April 17th-ish. Yeah. And, okay. they th- and they think how many victims are involved? Um, well, the number right now is up to 40. But the ones mm-hmm. that specifically have the smiley face is somewhere closer to like 15. Okay. So this one was like a little bit tricky. But regardless, I like Aaron highlighted this guy as being or this person as being the most like recent potential victim. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, perfect end cap. Perfect. Um, so I just think that that's like probably one of the most important things is the how long he was gone. Right. Um, Dakota's autopsy states he was found in a river. He is said to have traveled 10 miles down river through a dam found and labeled an accident. Yet, as detectives quickly uncover, there are more indications of that being completely false than anything else. Mm-hmm. To shed a bit more light, they believe Dakota was walking home from a night out. It, he is seen on CCTV footage and believed to be walking home before he fell in the Allegheny River. Then traveled 10 miles to where the Allegheny River turns into the Ohio River and found 40, yes, 40 days later. Yet, very little trauma to the body and minor disc decomposition, just like Aaron's. Mm. I wanted to just watch this and report on the facts and the way the documentary is set up. It's very easy to do that. But less than 10 minutes into the episode and seeing Dakota's dad getting emotional on the loss of his son was truly upsetting. This poor family has had to accept the fact that his death was labeled as an accident and that their son sadly fell in. His parents do state that their son was openly gay 
And the night he went missing, his parents know he went to two neighboring gay bars. So literally it was like two bars that are next to each other close to the river um, that he, they again, openly gay with his family, mm-hmm. happened to be there. Uh, the good news for them investigating Dakota's murder was that when this documentary came out, Dakota had only um, passed away like two years before is when it came out. But they filmed it like eight to eight months to a year after. Wow. So like that's very like beneficial for that that team to dig mm-hmm. into this evidence because like it's harder with these crimes. I mean, 2006 and, and, yeah. be, and anywhere in between, that's your your evidence is getting smaller and smaller. Yes. Still um, fresh for the family, though. So I can imagine. Yeah. yeah his tough. parents were super strong. But like seeing his dad cry, I was like, oh, yeah. OK, I'm, oh, no. I'm out of here. Wow. Yeah. Um. And again, so it was good for them because, like, the area hasn't changed much. The businesses are still open. Like, it's it's incredible. Um, and once they meet the parents, these guys hit the ground running. First thing they do is meet with an independent autopsy expert and send Dakota's laptop off to a tech. The medical examiner does state that without the autopsy photos, it's hard to back up a lot of what is written on the report. However, he does flag an important possibility, even though I didn't want to hear it, that due to the environment and cold water temperatures, it is possible that Dakota's decomp could have been delayed. Mm. Weather and other environmental factors with no pictures means his level of decomp is possible. The laptop is evaluated and they find a charge to PayPal 48 hours after he went missing. Okay. Oh. Immediately, the possibility of him still being alive comes into play. Yeah. The main detective... Kevin G. (laughs) Starts to see the similarities between many other victims. Quote, Brian Wells, 77 days missing, only had three days of composition. Tommy Boot, missing 14 days, had less than 24 hours of decomposition and is still in full rigor. End quote. Kevin states that the strongest theory is that these men are taken, held captive for a period of time, and then killed. Mm -hmm. Michael Fiocco is a journalist and podcaster who, by the way, I found out on a quick little study is apparently, like, not very, like great person so sorry i just wanted to shout that out that he's apparently been like either charged or like criminal criminal activity has been reported for him like harassing women in the workplace so maybe not the best human being but regardless is a journal and a podcaster whoa okay um he created three rivers two mysteries um that podcast dives specifically into the similarities between dakota and another victim paul kiyoko's cases Paul passed away first, and once it happened to Dakota, the area Paul lived in believed there was something happening. Mm-hmm. Fioco then tells detectives that there is an environment. Uh, there's an. Uh, whoa. <laughs> what the fuck is this word did I write? I don't know, but that phone case be real cute. Thanks, it's my duckies. Fioko tells detectives that there is a possibility of him being part of the uh, smiley face killer theory, and I think he said it best. Quote, I think it is beyond statistical variation that over a hundred young men go out drinking with friends, disappear, and then end up in a body of water nearby. The theory and people are go- of going out, getting drunk, and falling into the river is absurd. If that were the case on any weekend from a Steeler game, there would be two to three thousand people in the river. End quote. And I was like, oh, damn. I mean, like it's true like it's like the, the statistics just don't fucking line up mm-mm. it's just it just doesn't happen these detectives then meet up with the recovery slash dime team dive team that found dakota's body same i believe um team as prior um oh not same team but sorry same detectives and all mm-hmm. that group of, of meeting up with the with the team mm-hmm. um they they commented that the river had been dr- had never been dredged in 34 years like up until that point aka nothing had been cleaned up from the bottom of the river so who no- car they mentioned cars could be down there giant oh, trees mm-hmm. like they yeah they've never like literally dredged that river to like clean it Ugh. so there could there's the chances of there being massive amounts of debris are very likely uh-huh This recovery team is literally the team that found him. They said when they found him, he looked exactly like his missing persons picture. They state that Dakota's body was the least damaged out of any of the 12 recent findings in the river and do not believe he went through the dam, as the police claim. Yeah, that seems like that would be an extreme amount of damage. Mm -hmm. And 10 miles? 10 miles and through a dam? Mm -hmm. Um, Probs not. 
um, when they first get to the river, um, the recovery team, like, point like tells the cameraman to like look over like do you see that tree over there and it's like a giant log that's floating in the river and the key comments it has been debarked aka the dam itself or the pressure from the water has literally removed all of the bark from outside of the tree whoa immediately thoughts go to the minimal level of trauma on dakota's body yeah so he said that's like a common like it's like a like just a common occurrence that happens like a natural phenomenon when it goes through the that amount of water pressure just debarks itself wow not debarks itself, but, you know. I mean, I'm bawling you. I'm bawling. Thank you. Um, they're also kind of, like, traveling up and down the river a little bit, and detectives also spot an area after the dam, but before where his body was found, there is another bridge in a spot where cars can literally back up to the river and a boat can be put into the Shut water. Up. Under the bridge, a smiley face is spray-painted. Ooh, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. When they meet, <laughs> I had a lot of trouble writing this. When they meet with the dam expert, they find <laughs> through records that openings of the dam are not wide enough for Dakota's body to have made it through without any significant damage to his body when it was found. Mm-hmm. AKA, the way they show it is the dam is this way, and there's, I think, 14 gates that can open up all along under this bridge slash dam, and they open from the bottom up. So, on deep underneath the water they open up and they like showed animations of how a body would flow through it and the way how much it was open it was like two feet and they're talking this very tall very large person hitting the wall before having to go through like it gets yeah pushed out okay mm-hmm. yeah sorry to be graphic but that's the way it is um detectives and the expert uh do discuss if his body could have been um, moved through at a different date because they're looking at all of the records of the gates being opened. They're saying as early as March 1st, when the gates were open much wider. But it would take multiple, but would it take multiple days for his body to be discovered? Because he was found like March 14th. Sorry, this is really bad. That I don't know the date. But he was found again 40 days after we went missing, January 25th, so mid March. Hmm. First week of March. If he went through the dam and on March 1st, would it really take more than seven days for his body to be found? Like, that seems very unlikely. Mm-hmm. The expert does say he could have been hung up on something or a very slim chance made it through the dam without being touched. But you also have to think about the movement of the water. Rescue team said that based on water flow where he was found, he would have traveled for 30 minutes from the point of the dam to where he was found. So this is like everything has to be just so perfect for his. Exactly. Yeah, I don't buy it. Exactly. That's not how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while there may have been just as many unanswered questions from their investigation, I think the questions they're digging up are only leading to why this deserves more. No, I'm sorry, deserves actual attention and a true investigation. Preach. Local police agreed to meet with the group working on the case, and the day of the interview canceled the whole thing. <gasps> Actually, nah, that makes perfect sense. Kevin and the mom, and uh, Dakota's mom, Pam, and another detective were literally filming, like, telling her, like, they, they canceled it. In the middle of filming, they a crew member says, hey, you need to read this, and, like, literally brings them a laptop. And it's an email um, that the case is a criminal investigation. Ooh. So to, like, back off. And yet the family was told it was closed. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, so wait. they're like, what the fuck is going on? If it's active, they have to stop and won't get any info on the case. If it's closed or labeled as an accident, then all records need to be open for them to look at. Right. Pam, Dakota's mother, called to get clarification. D- the DA states they will hand over the case file to Pam, and she can review and or have someone review it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and bingo, he delivers, and he finally gives them the autopsy pictures. Okay. Marks around Dakota's neck is what Detective Kevin sees, and it's not referenced at all on the autopsy report. Their partner slash medical examiner who evaluated the images states it is 100% a ligature on the neck. Based on these images, their medical examiner says, at a minimum, it should be, re- it should be relabeled as undetermined, better yet, homicide. Yeah. The, they do show one brief picture of his back. Mm-hmm. It looks like a fucking rope was around his neck. I mean, it is bruised. The other thing they point out is his pinky and ring fingers 
are different colors than the rest of his hands, which indicates that he oh. went like this to try to put his hand up around his oh neck yeah. to like block yeah. the miniature. Oh. Um, finally, they get a meeting with the DA, and Kevin and Pam go into the DA's office in October of 2018, and the DA has a Secret Service member and an FBI person with them. Ooh. And as they start reviewing the medical examiner's findings, before he can even say and talk about the fingers, like why they were a different color, both the FBI agent and the Secret Service go like this. They knew exactly yeah. what it was because oh. it's like a known thing if you are, if you die, like your hand is going to be part, like part of that ligature around your neck. I'll try oh. to find like a, like a sample picture, but they, again, I don't really want to show like his autopsy Yeah, pictures. I don't blame you. Um... So, by December of 2018, the medical examiner will not meet with Dakota's family. Whoa. The most recent thing I could find was that in 2021, the family is still seeking answers. No. Whether or not Dakota's case is associated with the smiley face killer or killers, he deserves justice. Yep. So, one thing I did really want to comment and, like, I think harp kind of on what Aaron was saying was, like, literally the minimal amount of decay on his body. He said, no more in the hour, no more was he in the water between three and 12 hours. The exact same. Oh, wow. Also, what I found was really funny when you brought up your case and had the marks on his forehead, Dakota has scratches on his forehead. Like, oh and, those, and they're red. And that is the only, like, marks besides, I mean, they, they comment on the marks on the autopsy report, but not the neck. I mean, it is clear as day in the fucking pictures. How strange, first of all. It, it is so weird. And I what I do want to say is like in an, in kind of like honestly just props to like Kevin and his team is they are hoping to find similarities because they want to find if this mm-hmm. is a real person, but they don't care. They just want justice yeah. for like anything. So they're like, yeah, if he's part of the smiley face killer um, victim pool, then we then great. Like that that's more than we have in our pot to try to find who this person is. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, it's still a, a this is an unsolved murder case. This is not an accident. Yeah. And I just feel like every time I'm, like, watching the documentary and would, like, see something that would make me think, oh, shit, like, okay, like, it is kind of possible. Mm-hmm. Or it just doesn't. It doesn't fucking line up. Like you no. said, Sarah, everything has to be just so in order for it to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the – also, you said it too, Aaron. The amount of there was hardly any mud on him. Like, literally, his shoulders looked like he had, like, tripped in some dirt. The photos, like, I'll see if I can do them respectfully and, like, not his face, but his body, no, it looked like he had just fallen in the water. Mm -hmm. And he was gone for 40 days. How is that not the only thing that you need to get that reinvestigated? That's for the first, like, big waving red flag. Yeah. 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 So, like, I'm not saying that none, like, mine is, (laughs) my case is more important than anybody else's, but it's so recent and you have all of these things at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And yet we still don't have answers. Yeah. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I kind of ended my story the same way. I hope we can kind of recap this topic, which is, again, whether or not any or all of these victims are from a group or a single killer, they all deserve justice. Yeah. Something suspicious. Yeah. It does not sound like they just tripped and fell into a body of water. Nope. Yeah. Do those types of deaths happen? Yes. But these cases does not sound like it. Nope. The stats don't add up. Nope. Especially with both of your guys's, since, I mean, they were missing for so long. It's so long. Yeah. Yeah. And yours with the dam. I know. That's so... Ooh. He traveled 10 miles and went through a dam and has no no other injuries on his body. Well, like you mentioned, if they hadn't, like, drenched up the river or anything, like... He's gonna and have, he went, and they're, they're saying he went, he had to have gone under yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to have more than a couple scratch marks yeah. on his forehead. Uh huh. And the I finger mean, thing if, with the, the ligature, like that also sounds, that's not coming from a river. And like that ME not, not talking, like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, something's real strange. What Ro- is going on? Mm hmm. Yep. So all I can say is I hope Kevin and his team continue to do what they do. And it's, Honestly, I really liked the documentary, and I was 
when you as soon as you said Kevin, I was like, hell yeah, we all know who he is. That's our he boy seems, Kev. Yeah. yeah, he sounds awesome. He's just really trying to give some family some peace. So yeah, I mean, look how the whole thing started. It was because one case didn't add up to him, and then yep. it ballooned into a lot. But at the same time, he's like, I just really want people to have justice. That's my whole my whole bag. Yep. Yep. Great group of guys. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> lot heavy. I got yeah. no jokes today. So yeah, we can't we can't end with jokes on this one, but yeah, it's on Charter. Or if you have um, Hulu with live TV, you can watch it there. But that's like eighty two dollars a month. Yikes! Hard pass. Yeah, yeah. hard pass. Um, but it is it's it's a very good very good series. I'm kind of actually excited to watch the rest of it. So yeah, yeah. listeners, if you want to know what you think, do you think they're connected? Do you think they're homicides? Let us know. <sighs> There's places you can do that. Yeah, yeah. There are on our socials. Yeah, we have Sinister socials. Sunrise Podcast, gmail.com, email it. We have an Instagram, we have a Facebook. We do have a TikTok. We do. We do. Someone, <coughs> me, needs to make some videos for that. That's a hard, <laughs> yep. It's very hard. Nah, it'll get done. It shall it'll be happen. done by me. And it'll you guys happen. will comment yeah. because we want to know your thoughts. <laughs> we love you, listeners. Yeah. Stay sinister. Bye. Lo siento. <laughs>